This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 187, Carolee Petrosky on Hypnotic Energy. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason Lynette here. And a couple of years ago, I branded the terminology of somebody being a hypnotic worker, that we often have people who are out there teaching and presenting, yet they're not actually doing the work and seeing the clients. Or perhaps they're just in the mindset of producing new content and uh, selling it rather than actually testing it out and seeing what's working. So defining that person as being that hypnotic worker, that person who is really in the trenches, really out there doing the work, getting results, and refining what they do along the way. And Carolee Petrosky may be a new name to a lot of you, yet she's someone you absolutely should listen to, and an amazing insights and uh, dialogue in this conversation here. I've known Carolee for going on, I believe, about six or seven years at this point, and she's out of the Massachusetts area, and all the links to her websites are going to be over in the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com, and you're going to hear a very personal story in terms of first becoming the client of hypnosis and then leaving behind already successful careers to then branch out and do something on her own and some amazing insights in terms of harnessing media and picking a specific niche market as well as looking beyond the skills that we have as hypnotists to ask ourselves what other skills what other tools can we perhaps fold into the hypnotic experience where appropriate to best serve our clients and some of the education tips, some of the mindsets and metaphors that she's going to share here in this dialogue about how she works with her weight loss clients, some amazing insights to model and look into and definitely somebody to keep track of. So once again, check out the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com to link over to Carolee's websites. And while you're there too, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. This is where I share the entire roadmap behind how I've built several six-figure hypnosis businesses. It's a growing library, an active online community as well, and you're able to get access to everything starting at just $47. Check it out, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's outstanding conversation. This is session number 187, Carolee Petrosky on Hypnotic Energy. Oh, well, before hypnosis, I, I wore many, many hats. I was a Russian linguist in the Army. I was an occupational therapist um, specializing in pediatrics. And then I became a mom. And when I was an occupational therapist working in pediatrics, I had the patience of a saint. Um, <laughs> and then I had kids, <laughs> and not so much. So <laughs> I actually went to see a hypnotist to kind of have some more tools added to my bag of tricks to develop more patience. And the the effect, the change was so quick, I couldn't believe how quickly it tra transpired. And then I looked at what I was doing with the occupational therapy, which I loved that work too, but the change didn't happen as quickly. And so I started to gravitate more towards the change work with the hypnosis because I really enjoyed seeing that change, um, that progress made that much quicker. Yeah, so I want to rewind back into that experience. I mean, in, in session, do you remember if there are any strategies, if there's any moments that stand out that kind of helped define how it happened so quickly for you? You know, the funny thing is, is, and I'm sure most of your clients would tell you that too, there doesn't seem to be any necessary defining moment. It's just 
there's something that clicks, something that changes, and you're not, you can't necessarily put your finger on it um, mm-hmm. because it did happen at a subconscious level. Yeah. So that kind of com- combination of everything that brought it all together and just something clicked and there's that change. Exactly. It was just like, a, you know, as I tell everyone, hypnosis is magical, but it's not magic. But mm-hmm. in this instant, it really did feel that way for me. And I always tell my clients, especially with ingrained habits and patterns, it's not like we can flip the switch automatically. But in this case, that's exactly what it felt like for me. Um, you know, I tell my clients that just because I don't want them to come in anticipating me to wave a magic wand. But when that switch does flip for them so quickly, it's amazing. Outstanding. So then for, for those that aren't familiar with occupational therapy, what is that? So occupational therapy, um, uh, there's many different areas that you can work with. For me, I was working in the pediatric realm. I was working in school-based systems um, and specializing in sensory integration, children having difficulty processing different sensory input. So like they might be tactilely defensive or auditorily de- defensive. Um, and in the school, I'd be working with them and helping them access the curriculum and being able to function in the school at their best um, using different techniques. Yeah. So I'm curious to ask from that experience, what, you know, we often refer to as, as soft skills. What skills have you taken from that career that have now influenced your hypnosis work? Oh, wow. Um, good question. So just really relating to the client and seeing clients from their perspective of where they are and taking them to where they want to be. And and like I said, in the hypnosis realm, it just happens so much quicker. But just also being able to see the things from the client's perspective, from the frustration level that they have and the freedom that they're trying to acquire. Yeah. So coming from the experience of being in session yourself, what was that next step for you in terms of turning this into a career? So I was very lucky. The um, person that I was working with, she ended up being a mentor for me. She actually ended up training me. She she could see that there were some connections being made for me in terms of how I was seeing the change transpire so quickly. And how I was starting to lean towards this might be something I want to pursue on a um, professional level rather than just on a personal level. So she gently nudged me there until she felt I was ready and then encouraged me to get into the training, um, which I did end up doing with her out at a convention. Yeah, outstanding. So then from there, um, what were those strategies in terms of getting things up and running? Oh, wow. Um, So (laughs) that's always interesting going from um, one job or no job to starting over. So for me, it was um, I jumped in on January 1st of 2011, Mm -hmm. just got myself an office and, uh, as they say, hung out the proverbial shingle. But most of the time I was in my office, I was doing lots of research, uh, looking at different approaches to different Um, issues that might come into the office and just started talking to different friends and Fred started talking to friends, telling people about what I was doing until eventually I had a few clients and the word would spread. Um, But for me, my career really started to take off for me or my profession here started to take off when I was featured in The Patch, which is a local online magazine or newspaper. Yes. 
And I was lucky enough to have um, somebody come in that was very successful with the work we did who happened to be the wife of a doctor. Um, She was coming in for weight management, so she told her husband about her success and her experiences with us, and um, it really started to grow from there. And then um, I continue with my training outside of the initial certification. I had seen on the Dr. Oz show um, Paul McKenna, who's a hypnotist from the UK, who is doing something called hypnotic gastric band. And it really intrigued me. So I did some research and found out how to become trained in that and was trained by Sheila Granger um, and started to develop a program with that was featured in a few local magazines off of that. And that's when everything truly exploded in the office and was hard to keep up with since then. Nice, nice. Which, you know, to kind of bounce around here, it's that exploration that I meet so many people that are kind of frustrated in some other career, some other path. And that mindset of I'm not yet ready to jump into the work. I'm not yet ready to actually start doing this. And it's where like you, many others that I've asked that same question to what from that previous experience help you to prepare for that, that there are skills that came from the translation job to, uh, to the occupational therapy to even being a parent um, to now working as the hypnotist. What would you say? What would you say perhaps gave you that edge of making that decision that yes, I can go out on my own and hang up that shingle and set this all in motion? Um. Well, for me, it probably came back from when I was in the Army. And when I joined the Army, I never thought that was something that I'd be able to do. And I did it. (laughs) I'm still here (laughs) to to talk about it. Um, But I've I've always just had that mindset of if you put it out there, you know, it will come to fruition for you. You Leap before you're ready has always been it. And I'm just reminded of a story one time when I got a job down in Connecticut I live in Massachusetts now, but I got a job in Connecticut right out of grad school for an occupational therapy job in the school system. And so I set up an appointment to have the movers come and move my stuff down to Connecticut. I didn't have a place to go yet, but I was going down the following weekend to find an apartment or a house, and I didn't have an address to give the movers yet. And so my friends are saying, well, how are you lining up these movers? You don't have some place to go. I said, well, I'm going there this weekend to find my apartment. They're like, but you don't have a place to go. I said, but that's what I'm going to do this weekend. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things of, you know, if you set your mind to it, and you know you're going to make it happen, then you make it happen. But if you set up that safety net, oh, well, what if, then the what if is what's going to happen. It's what you put out there and what you focus on. Yeah, I'd share a similar similar moment for me that was uh, I was moving from Baltimore down to Alexandria, Virginia, about the time that I launched Virginia Hypnosis. And here was this time frame to at least incubate, you know, let me work on websites, let me design a business card, let me start to do some videos. And I built the first stage of all of this without an address. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, even with the with the message that a waiting list is now forming, uh, click here to get on the waiting list. And it wasn't until I officially moved to then go, oh, let me now go out and find a spot, find an office. And as soon as that was there, the address was then printed on the business cards, printed on flyers, stuck on the website, and having that up in motion. So I love that aspect of going so far as to even hire movers to go, yeah, we'll find something in time. Yes. <laughs> and so, and it's the same thing, you know, in the business, just putting it out there and 
knowing it's going to happen. It's kind of like when you build the course, you know, you start, like you said, you get that waiting list and then you put the pieces in place afterwards, you know, having the end goal in mind and everything will fall in place, but you just have to have that end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So having that, that, yeah, so having that foundation there and getting things up in motion, what yeah, what are some of those strategies? Oh, go ahead. But, it, but if you wait till everything's perfect, it's the same with everything in life. You, It's not going to happen. You've got to right. make it happen. You've got to force, you know, you've got to force the end result that you want. If not, if you wait for everything to line up, you're going to be waiting forever. Yeah, I'd share that, you know, the, the advice with a website is that it's never done. Exactly. Uh, there's always something that needs to be put on there. And here's two of my specific services that really are kind of the core of a lot of my business these days. And we made a very small behind the scenes technology upgrade to the sites uh, just this week. And even while they were behind the scenes switching it over to be a what's called an SSL, the secure uh, link, the HTTPS, I just nerded out way too much for this audience. Uh, <laughs> but even as that was in motion, it was behind the scenes going, oh, well, while we're in there, uh, let's do this. Let's change that. Let's host the video somewhere else. Let's move this. And you're like, what? We were just going to change one letter of the website. <laughs> but that's the curse of the entrepreneurial mind. You always are finding new things to build upon and make better. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it's that ability to really compete with yourself to go, how do I level this up a little bit further? Okay, and here's here's the article that you got, which I, I, I did the patch as well. I think about the same time you did, if I remember right, where they did a World Hypnotism Day feature on me and talked about my business and that produced some responses. But to look at that and go, who needs to see this? Mm -hmm. How can I use this as an asset that I can put in front of people that now clarifies this is the person to work with exactly and for me my patch um it was a video so that video you'll find on my website but i also while they were doing the video i was able to work with them into doing some additional videos for me of testimonials so you'll see those on my website as well um so you know just like you said capitalizing upon what you have and allowing that to catapult you for further ahead yeah. So the magazine spots that you did, were those ones that you created, you facilitated, or ones that they reached out to you? Ones that reached out to me. Nice. So, yeah. so um, I've been, like I said, I was lucky enough to have one of my first clients be the wife of a doctor who started referring people to me. And then he was seeing his patients have such great results that he started going to the hospital rounds and saying, you need to send your, your patients to this woman. And it just built from there. So um, even though it started off with the magazines, I don't have any, you know, it's mostly word of mouth at this point. Nice, nice. So from that experience, getting that message out there now being mostly word of mouth, did you did you aim in those early years to pick a specific niche market, something you wanted to focus on? Or is that something that kind of developed on its own? Well, <laughs> Surprisingly, when I first started out, given my background in pediatric um, occupational therapy, I thought that perhaps I'd be working in pediatrics and hypnosis. And then I realized that I really didn't want to do that anymore. I have two children at home that I was going home to. <laughs> so I didn't really know what I was going to specialize in. But then, as everyone knows, you know, smoking and weight reduction are the bread and butter of the hypnosis profession. But it just... I started getting more and more weight reduction clients, and I just kind of fell into that niche, especially after doing the um, hypnotic gastric band. 
Yeah. So is there a story that kind of stands out to you in terms of really helping a client to not just change their behaviors, but also, I mean, really the thinking and the logic, the the emotions around that too? Oh, um, there's so many, but um, in addition to doing the gastric band, I also became a certified eating psychology coach through the Institute of Psychology of Eating. So a lot of the work that I do not only helps clients with taking off the weight, but it's their entire approach to food and helping them develop a healthy relationship with food. But um, I just got an email two days ago from somebody that I saw at the beginning of the summer who was saying how grateful she was because, you know, not only did she take off the weight, but she no longer has the sugar cravings and foods that she used to um, love. She can't stand the taste of them because she's slowing down and, you know, actually tasting her food. And the foods, the processed foods that she loved before, she can't stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I especially love when I hear back from, from my clients talking about the medications that they were able to decrease or come off of. Um, I have one client that he's one of my favorites. So he, um, his name was Big John. That was the nickname he gave himself. And one of his goals when he came in was to be able to fit behind the wheel of a car. He, he sold cars and he loved cars, but he couldn't drive the cars because he was too large to fit behind the wheel. And he was doing really well when he left my program. And then a few months later, my phone started ringing off the hook and it was everybody saying that they had just seen Big John and they couldn't believe how amazing he looked and he told them what he had, de- had done. And so they were all calling him because they wanted the same results that Big John had. <laughs> nice, nice. So then uh, from that experience, are there any other specific uh, one, markets that you tend to focus with? One other one. Oh um, yeah, go for it. There, there is another one. His name happened to be John too. He came in one day and he was so happy you know, with the results that he was getting. And he was talking about how his, um, you know, his pants are fitting him better. He was in a much better mood. His his diabetes medication decreased. And then he said, and I got the best gas mileage out of this tank of gas that I've ever got in my entire life. And I said, <laughs> you're contributing that to hypnosis because? He said, well, I used to have, you know, I'd be all pent up with all my stress and anger and I'd have road rage and I'd be on everybody's tail. He's like, but now that I'm doing the hypnosis, I'm relaxed and calm, and I'm going in the slow lane and telling people to go past me. They'll, you know, well, it will be there when I get there. Nice. <laughs> it's fun to post on Facebook. Did you know that hypnosis is good for your gas mileage? I mean, the car was also probably having to haul less weight, so that's yeah, another yeah. benefit to it as well. <laughs> That's one of those beautiful things that when you have a client who is able to look at their old issue in such a way and crack a joke around it, make, you know, make light of it, of Mm -hmm. here's a guy who I worked with also weight loss that he keeps threatening. He goes, I'm going to go online and leave a review that says Jason Lynette made me overweight, Um, (laughs) which involved him going from what could be classified as morbidly obese down to at least the level of being overweight. And as he hit that point, he goes, you know what, I'm kind of comfortable at this level and I don't have to stress about it. I mean, it's still 80 pounds off my body. Um, You know, at this size, I think it's okay if I occasionally have, you know, pizza or wings and it's not so much of a concern. I guess I think I'd be stressing about it more at a lighter weight. I'm going to stop here. I was like, yeah, go do what you want. Um, Similar to the woman who insisted that she goes, Jason made me drink with purpose. (laughs) Um, rather than a glass of wine or two every single night, because it was every single night instead only with social events. So, you know, when they can look at that from a different perspective and really, Mm -hmm. I mean, these moments where of course, you know, with the guidance of their doctor changing the medications, they're getting that amazing validation that, yeah, things, things are different now. 
Yeah, it's like so I've had women who come in who, you know, are happy that they can fit in the airplane seat without needing the extra belt or um, another woman who is happy that she can ride on the carnival rides with her son because now the belt, the lap band can fit down or, or the, the bar can fit over her lap. So things like that. Or even one woman who came in, she was so happy just that she could cross her legs. You yeah. know, so many things that people take for granted. And you see people come in and light up with these stories and it lights you up. I don't think I've ever shared this here. There's a guy who I worked with for weight loss. And it's like the last time that we met together. And it's the end of the session. And he goes, can I ask you something a little odd? Which that's always a nice introduction to something in an <laughs> office. And he goes... I don't mean for this to sound sexual or anything, and already I'm going, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? And he goes, but I've been spending a lot of extra time in the shower. And he just stops there. And I go, okay. He goes, no, like I'm amused by how my body feels different, you know, that mm -hmm. I can put my hand around my leg now and touch my fingers on the other side. I can go down the sides of my body and it's not as lumpy as it was before. And he leans in with the most serious look on his face and goes, and Jason, my man boobs are gone. <laughs> Isn't that great? Which I'm just having to sit there and try not to visualize him in the shower for way too long <laughs> lathering up and just in a self-exploratory uh, way of doing things. But... <laughs> <laughs> Again, these it's those little nuances that really help to drive that change home for somebody. And uh, mm -hmm. where appropriate, find the ways to draw them out as metaphors in other sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So curious to ask, someone's, let's say someone's coming into the space to work with you. What's kind of that, that user experience? What's that, uh, what's that experience that they're going to go through in terms of working with you? Uh, well, for me, it, and it all depends on what the issue is, but obviously the, the, process starts with a phone call and just seeing where they are, where they want to be, what their goals are. If there's somebody that's coming in for one of my weight reduction programs, a lot of times I do have a um, questionnaire that I send them that's meant to give them some insight into their relationship with food and how they've come to have that relationship with food. So that awareness is there before they even come in and the change is already starting to take place before they come in. Um, and then it, like I said, it depends on what the issues that they're coming in for. So, you know, if they're coming in for public speaking, usually that's a one session program. Although we do have follow ups there. Every client does leave with a reinforcing CD or MP3 so that they can continue because as you know, reinforcement is key. Whether they're doing that with me, or MP3, or practicing self-hypnosis. So everybody does learn self-hypnosis as well. Um, and then you know, if they're coming in for something like the gastric band program, that's a five session program. Smoking, I do a three session program with them. And then everything else, it depends on the issue as to how many sessions are going to be involved. Yeah. And I know that, uh, and this is part of why I had you on here for my own curious benefit too, that you're often folding in some rapid, uh, let's call them pattern interrupt strategies in terms of cravings, in terms of food choices. Can you chat about that for a bit? Um, sure. Well, the, the pattern interrupts for the food cravings and the food choices, um, it's, it's first I'm starting off with changing their approach to how they're looking at food and how they're looking at their appetite in general. So many people coming in, um, the diet mindset in itself is what's keeping them stuck. They're fearing food and 
unfortunately, we need to eat in order to survive. Yes. <laughs> and so there's... We can tell them to stop eating, and that'll work for a couple of days. <laughs> but they... Um, you know, they're not making friends with their appetite. They think that their appetite is working against them when in actuality, if they can make friends with their appetite, that's the start to um, taking off the weight. And so many people will skip meals or suppress their appetite, thinking that it's helping them save calories. But they're, um, what they're doing is they're putting their digestive metabolism in slowdown mode. And so I like to give them an analogy or a metaphor that explaining what a calorie is. So um, a calorie is determined by the amount of heat that is burnt up when something, when a food item is burnt up. So they have these fancy little ovens they call bomb chlorimeters, and they put a food item in it, and then they ignite it, and however they ignite that food item, and however much heat is emitted after it's burnt up determines the caloric value. So I explained to them that their digestive metabolism is that fire, and the food is what is being burnt off. So food is the fuel. So when you're starting to get hungry, when your appetite is starting to surface and you're getting hungry, that's that fire starting to dwindle down. And if you don't put more fuel on the fire, if you don't put food in there, it's going to completely peter out. So you do need to be eating in response to that physical hunger as opposed to head or emotional or boredom hunger. But you also need to be stopping when you're comfortably full. Because if you go beyond that comfortable fullness, it's basically responding to that fire, but putting a ton of fuel on it and smothering the fire. And that's when you go into that food coma and you need to rest for an hour before you can move again. Hmm. So I give them that analogy of the, um, their metabolism being that fire and the food being the fuel and you need to keep it consistently burning and you can't smother it as well. Um, but then I'm also talking to them about the importance of pleasure with food which is very different than using food for pleasure, which is what a lot of people are doing when they come in to see me. That's how they got into the position that they're in. Um, so I, I don't want to go, this could take forever going into all the studies that show the importance of pleasure with food and being able to better absorb the minerals and the nutrients from that. Um, you know, because if you're not allowing the full pleasure with it, you're not fully absorbing the minerals and nutrients that you can from the meal and you're just getting excess calories. Um, like I said, I could go into this forever, so I don't want to bore everybody with No, I love it. I mean, it's where you're immediately reframing what that signal actually is, as opposed to being just a good or a bad thing. Exactly. Um, you know, there's, um, there's a story I've often shared of a friend of mine who, uh, she drives a Prius and she has to drive on a regular basis from Raleigh, North Carolina to New York City, which is a long drive. And She's the first to admit, she goes, I like having my Prius because it makes the drive more convenient. I don't have to stop as frequently. She never says it saves me money because she spent $10,000 more to not <laughs> spend the same amount of money on gas. And yes, apparently I don't have one, but because uh, they don't make a Prius in purple, so I don't own one yet. Uh, <laughs> I looked into it last week, that, but, but they they... They eventually had to replace the battery and all this other details to it. But she goes, I just like that I'm able to get further on the same amount of energy. Mm -hmm. And the same thing of here's this signal that's there. And by way of, let's call it one mixture between just education as to here's what actually is happening, as well as the appropriate conversational strategy of hypnosis to go. And here's what that feeling is. And here's how you can better respond to it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's a, there's a lot more that I mean, I work with them on the pleasure with food versus using food for pleasure, um, reframing 
what waste is and what they pay for with food because a lot of people will go beyond that comfortable fullness because they don't want to throw it out or they don't want to waste the food. Um, and so reframing what it is that they pay for um, and, you know, basically paying for the nourishment of the meal, which if they stop when they're comfortably full, they get that as well as um, they're paying for the enjoyment of the meal. So if they're eating it slowly and mindfully, they're getting that enjoyment as well. And so that's a big thing that I work with um, on my clients with is the slowing down their eating because um, it's also going to change their food preferences. So, you know, a lot of people eat their food so quickly the first time around that they, they don't enjoy it. They eat it so quickly they don't enjoy it the first go around and they're going back for multiple helpings. But um, when they're slowing down, they're finding that they're drawn more to those natural foods. So like yeah. I had a woman who came in who every Friday night she would sit down with a tub of cheese puffs with her family and eat, um, you know, that nasty processed cheese puffs. And she was slowing down her eating and she said, I had one and it was disgusting. I said, yeah, I know, right? She's like, so I went back and had another. I'm like, why would you do that? She's like, I didn't believe it could be that bad. I f figured it was a fluke. And of course it was as bad. So she went back and she got the grapes afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, You brought up something there that I think is an important point that th there's criticism sometimes around um, really any hypnotic weight loss program out there that talks about food portion. Um, and it is that phenomenon that I've also noticed that even without getting into the specifics of food choices, instead by focusing on enjoying things further and slowing down and really getting the full nutritional value, which even that itself is a bit of an indirect suggestion, but people start to make those good positive choices by default by doing that. Mm -hmm. That I've not ever had the moment of suggesting you're to eat slower and tasting it more. And here's the person going, yeah, I made a king size Snickers bar last for a half an hour. No, <laughs> they're they're by default making those more positive choices and mm -hmm. getting that greater benefit out of their time, their effort, their energy of actually eating appropriately. Exactly. And I find that um, when they're told what to eat. It's just human nature. We rebel against that. But mm -hmm. when you're drawn more to those natural foods because that's what tastes better to you rather than that's what you have to eat, it makes them feel more in control because a lot of times people feel when they're on a diet that it's given them control over the food when it's still the diet controlling them. So I like to give the control back to the clients and have them make those healthy food choices because it's what nurtures them in mind, body, and spirit, not because it's what they should be eating. Because what they should be doing hasn't worked. If it had been, they wouldn't be in our offices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So any other specific markets you find yourself working quite a bit within? Um, I've been working a lot more recently with... Um, just peak performance, especially in the business arena, where people are trying to move ahead, move up the corporate ladder, or even in their own businesses. Um, you know, just the focusing on the peak performance and the success motivation. Yeah, and curious to ask what uh, what strategies you often find yourself using in helping these clients. Um, well, it's a combination of things. A lot of it comes from the entrepreneurial training that we've had in our background. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you know what that is. And just sharing that, but it's a lot of it is global regardless of the industry that you're in. And just having a clear vision of it, what it is that, you know, comes back to what we were saying at the beginning and having a clear vision of 
what the end goal is, and then working backwards and fitting the pieces in and keeping that motivation in place, that forward momentum going for them. Yeah. And this kind of is a question that may dip back into the weight loss as well, some of the business. How do you ride that balance between what could be very oversimplified as advice of do this instead of that or craft the message this way versus that way? Versus those places where, I mean, I can even mention that, you know, here's people who would often reach out to me for private coaching. And uh, here's a meeting recently that I had to go, okay, so we're back to the same issue we started with three weeks ago, and we can give the same advice once again, or you're a hypnotist, you want to just close your eyes and we fix this. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a place where it's not just the strategy, it's the application, it's the mindset getting into it. How do you, how do you ride that balance with these clients? Uh, Well, and I don't necessarily tell them what they should and shouldn't be doing. I give them, you know, different viewpoints on different things. But a lot of it is I'll have them doing a lot of internal work as well. And sometimes we come out with something completely different. So, for example, I had a woman who came in who um, wanted to become a personal trainer. She was um, around 50 years of age, and that was kind of hanging her up a little bit. She didn't know if that was something that she'd be able to do at her age, which is still plenty young. But in her mind, it was, you know, a limiting belief that she had. And so we were doing some internal work, and she came out of one of our sessions after doing that internal work, and she said, now I realize what my block is. It wasn't my age. It said, I don't want to be doing this. I want to be opening up a store. <laughs> so um, sometimes, you know, They'll be coming into us thinking that they have this one issue, um, but it's a matter of delving a little deeper and covering what the real issue is for them. Yeah. How do you go about that uncovering work? Um, that's through a, a process of both the conversational hypnosis and some, you know, you know, traditional hypnosis and having them do that inner work themselves and that guidance while they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then from that experience, I mean, over the years, I I love to get into this theme of we work with our clients on, you know, their own mindsets. And while we might not necessarily have some of the same issues that they brought into the process, I'm trying to remember the term that uh, was online recently, but I've referred to it as residual trance effects, where something else shifts as a result of it, or perhaps you start to receive from some benefit from the work. Uh, from the work that you've done helping other people, and especially coming from your backstory where the introduction to so much of it was gaining that patience, changing that mindset in your own home life, to now letting it become a lifestyle, a, a business, a profession. Are there other benefits you've found from the hypnosis that have helped to influence your own life beyond that? Oh, yeah, the ripple effects are are definitely there. Um, just the way that I interact with everybody now and just coming in um, it was interesting I was taking another class um, where they gave us an assignment to find out what your strengths and weaknesses were and they had asked you know us to ask people around us what they felt our strengths were and I was surprised at how many people came back with that I was non-judgmental and it wasn't something of quality that I'd seen myself, but I think it comes from doing this work. I mean, you, in order to do this work, you do need to be able to check any judgments you have at the door in order to do this work. Um, but that's also carried over into my relationships as well and just how I interact with people in general. 
Yeah. And so, was it a specific model of the work, a specific experience, or just a, would you say even just a personality thing that helped to, to create and really enhance that for you? Um, I think it was just a lot of the work that I was just doing with the clients and here with people coming in with some issues and them trusting you enough to share that with you and you just having to hold that space for them. Um, but it also came about with working a lot with the weight issues and doing the psychology of eating training that I did. Um, you know, there's a lot of body shaming in this culture. And so that really became a big thing for me in helping people deal with that. And there was a movie that was out not too long ago. It wasn't um, something you'd catch in the regular movie theaters, but it was called Embrace um, by Tanya Leggett. And she had this movie that she went around the world and she was interviewing all these people as to um, how they were dealing with bo their body image issues. And so I ended up sponsoring that, putting that in a local theater. And it was just amazing how many people came out to see that because it is such a big issue and prior to doing this work I really I mean I was aware of it but I wasn't fully in touch with it and it kind of became um, a platform that I worked with and I developed another website an online um, program outside of the hypnosis where hypnosis does infiltrate it a little bit um, and started building programs around that as well. Yeah, and I want to chat with you about expanding that hypnosis education and looking at the psychology of eating. How how has that enhanced your work? Oh, it's it's been amazing. Um, just it's it's um, impacted everything that I do with my weight clients, and my main focus, regardless of what clients are coming in for their goal. You know, you give them what you, you sell them what they want, but you give them what they need. And a lot of them don't realize that what they need is that healthy relationship with food. And in order to have a healthy relationship with food, you need to have a healthy relationship with yourself and your body and your mind. And so that is a strong undercurrent in all the work that I do. And most of my clients, when they leave, have an extreme gratitude for this new appreciation and respect that they have for themselves that they didn't realize that was necessarily um, contributing to their weight issue to begin with. And so I even had a client who came in who she had a fear around food. She had already taken off a lot of weight, but now she had anxiety around food. And so we did a lot of work around just that relationship with her, with the, not just the food, but with herself. And she found this new freedom that she didn't even realize that she was lacking for basically her entire life. And I still hear from her, you know, it's been a couple of years, I still hear from her every couple of months just telling me how grateful she is and how she approaches life and food, her relationships, her work, everything is just different now that she's got this newfound respect for herself and her, and her body and her mindset. I mean, what's beautiful about that is that, you know, we could look at something as just that surface structure issue of just, oh, I need to eat less. And yet really you're helping to unravel so many other parts of the person's life, helping to make breakthroughs and, you know, where they start to have some of these ripple effects of there's now greater productivity in this. There's more confidence in their relationships or even just with themselves. And to have this breakthrough for somebody of... Um, I think it's a Ron Esslinger line of, yeah, yeah, he goes, I book four sessions because by the third session, we've actually hit the things we needed to address in the first place. 
<laughs> yes. So, yeah, no, everyone comes in um, when they're coming in for the weight reduction. They're coming in because they want motivation to stick to their diet, to eat less, to move more. And the truth of the matter is it's never about the food. Never about the food. How are you handling that pivot? Because that's a pivot that I'll, I'll openly say this, that I've known you for many years, and I know you're not doing it, uh, as I'll brand it now, the jerky way that I've heard many other people do it, <laughs> uh, which I've heard some people do the whole, yeah, but that's really not what you need. Oh, we need to address this at deeper levels. Oh, that's not why you're – and it's almost in a very arrogant way that pushes people away further. There's a bit of an art towards how we transition that pivot, how we address those themes in such a way to – to use the common line to address what's eating at the person rather than just what they're eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they come in for, for my weight reduction clients, a lot of them, as I said, have already had that personal questionnaire in the beginning. So they're starting to get some of that insight. And when I start working with them, I don't tell them that, oh, you're doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I talk to them and t say, you know, we're going to help you get in touch with what your body's telling you it needs, um, eating in response to physical hunger and stopping when you're comfortably full, getting out of that diet mindset and what you think you should be doing because what you should be doing hasn't been working um, and getting in touch with what your body needs. And you'll find as you're going through this that you're drawn more to those natural foods as I was talking about, not because you have to, but because they're actually more appealing to you. And I explained to them, you know, it's just human nature that when you're told that you can't have something, you know, you're going to rebel. I might tell you that you can't have Cheetos and you might hate Cheetos. But if I tell you you can't have it, come heck or high water, you're having the Cheetos and they're your new favorite food. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> take this approach. I take a much kinder and gentler approach so that the Cheetos are no longer appealing to you. Um, not because I say so, but because they actually don't taste as good to you. And they're like, oh, I like that idea. Love it. Yeah, which the the thing to really highlight here is that, you know, yes, we've spent most of this dialogue talking about working with weight loss clients, but these are themes that can be applied to everything else out there of, you know, the the phrasing of where you are here is often the way you were, are everywhere else. And here's mm -hmm. the one who's got the driving, um, the fear of driving on the highway. And there's going to be traces of that sometimes in other parts of life and helping to facilitate that breakthrough Mm -hmm. It's going to open up many other things. And yes, sometimes there's the extreme moment. Here's the woman who called me up and goes, hey, my fear of public speaking is gone, but I have to ask you a question. What? Why is my fear of flying also gone? It's like, um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Where the, These breakthroughs that someone can make open up many other things and yeah. unravel other issues that uh, they weren't yet considering. They weren't yet realizing needed to be actually addressed. Yes, yes. It's like you said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, where, where can people check out your work online? Well, um, for the hypnosis, I'm at CatalystHypnosisCenter.com. Um, but I also have that other program online that I was talking about um, where I'm working with people on weight and body issues. And that's KP Empowering You, the letter U, not Y-O-U, at KPEmpoweringYou.com. Awesome. And we'll put links to those over in the show notes at Work Smart Hypnosis. And Carolee, it's been good finally having you on here. Oh, yes. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that it took so long to get on here, but I'm glad that we were able to connect and look forward to the next time.
Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for sharing this on your social media streams, for leaving your reviews online too. And also, once again, head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. It's the all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to grow a successful business, which is also why inside of that program, I share with you some done-for-you marketing materials. Check it out. Join the community, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.